1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal, develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the New Hunter's Guide. The podcast helping new hunters get started and helping active hunters learn new things. I'm your host, George Kanidis, and today we're going to talk about four ways to turkey hunt for beginners. Now, there's a lot of different ways to do this, um, but I've sort of categorized everything into four basic approaches. Uh, you're not going to find these terms in any book on turkey hunting. Uh, I have not found anybody that has any compelling name for any of these uh, approaches. So I've just decided to name them and categorize them myself for you and save you from reading several books and hundreds of hours of research that it took me to, to build out these tactics in the Trium. But we're going to talk about four types of turkey hunting. And the four are, and these again, these are for beginners, but uh, a lot of these are what your, your advanced and your experts are doing, one or more of these in, uh, in different fashions. But the four are one, what I call... Uh, the blind sit, then you have the scouting sit, then you have running and gunning, and then you have what I call active recon. So we're going to break into these right now. Uh, the first one is the blind sit. And that is basically exactly what it sounds like. You decide you're going to go turkey hunting, and you know where you want to go, and you just go out, you sit down at your spot, and you just call and you just hope there's turkeys around and you hope there's turkeys that come in but to be truthful you don't you don't you have no idea other than you're there and you think they should be there too now this is uh, while it sounds haphazard and it sounds like the last strategy you should ever do there's times where you've only got one place you can go you know you're limited on the land that you have you don't have options You've got one spot you can go to, or one or you know a couple spots you can go to, and you just pick one, and you just go out there and you sit, and you got a small parcel to hunt on, and there's not really anything else you can do, so you're just gonna do your best. And what you want to do is you want to you want to get in early, you want to be quiet, you want to be stealthy, you want to to not leave anything behind, you want to not have any excess movement, you want to call. And then you're just going to hope. You're going to hope, one, either that a turkey comes in early on, right after they you know, come off the tree or right shortly after they land. Or you're going to sit there all morning and just call occasionally until they come in um, you know, at any point. Now, as 
as unstrategic as this approach is, it really can work. It's, it's not something that's like you're just throwing your time away. I don't think it's the best approach, but if you have limited opportunity, you've got limited land, you've got limited availability, uh, this works. It does. I, you know, there's, I've heard story after story after story. I've gone out a few times and done it myself and, and heard turkeys and had turkeys come in. So while it's not maybe the best approach, uh, it'll work. If It's better than nothing. Right, and let me get through the other three, and then we'll come back and put these in their perspective. Number two is uh, the scout and sit. You you scout around, you do some work before the season begins. You look for sign. You you come out maybe a week or two or three before the season, and you listen for gobblers. You listen for noise. You you try to see if uh, you can figure out where turkeys are, and then. You may look at one spot, you may look at several different areas, and then what you do is you, you find the area that has the most sign or the most appeal, and then you look for the best spot in that area. And essentially, you're going to pick that spot, and you're going to sit there, and that's going to be your morning. You, you're, you're not going to move around a lot. Maybe you're going to move a little, but for the most part, this is just, uh, you're going to get there early, you're going to sit, you're going to try to be stealthy, you're going to call, and we're going to talk about calling and how much to call and when to call and all of that in future episodes. So just don't have that kind of time to get into all of that in one episode. So don't worry. We're going to get into the details on that. But you do some scouting. You determine the best place with the best prospects or the most sign. Or if you've seen actual turkeys, you try to figure out where they are on that property, what time of day they're, they're where they are on that property, Turkeys are creatures of habit. They're not compulsively creatures of habit, but there's a good chance that if you see them in this particular area, you know, at a particular time, most days, that you could count on them to be there most days. You know, they're, they're, they're not super patternable, but they are patternable. So you just want to figure the best spot you can based on those factors, and that's where you're going to sit and spend your morning. Uh, the next one is running and gunning. This is the type of hunting that you would want to do if you have a lot of property and one, you don't have a lot of time to scout or two, you aren't, aren't able to get there super early or three, you just want to keep on the move. You don't like to sit very long. That's sort of not your thing. You just want to be active and out and about. And these are all good reasons to do it. I, I love running and gunning. I think it's fabulous. It's not the only way that I hunt, but there are times where that's just what I want to do. So that's why you do it because you enjoy hunting and you enjoy that kind of hunting and it's fun and you, you switch it up or that's your favorite style, whatever it is. But this basically involves you got a lot of land, you got a lot of ground you can cover, you've got some effective access of that land. You've got logging roads or gas well roads or some kind of trails or paths so that you can cover a lot of ground. And essentially, you're going to walk and you're going to cover ground and every few hundred yards, anywhere from 200 to 500 yards, I'd say the sweet spots, maybe three to four, you're going to, you're either going to just stop and call and see if you hear anything, see if you can get any gobblers to answer, or you're going to go, you know, every couple, every 500 yards and you're going to look for a good place and you're going to sit down. You're going to wait a little bit. You're going to do some calling. You're going to listen. You might spend 20 minutes there and then you're just going to keep going. 
And depending on, you know, if you just literally stop walking and call and listen to see if you can locate a bird, or if you find good spots that have sign or prospects and you just stop and set up and keep going. Either way, you're going to cover a lot of distance. Depending on how you do it, you might cover miles and miles. Um, but you need to have a property that you can hunt or some public land where you can cover that kind of distance and you can hunt like that uh, and, and you can just keep covering new ground. So it's a good way to hunt. It's, um, it's effective if you have the right area. And again, this works good if you can't be out super early. You know, if, if you got to get out maybe later than you wanted to or mid-morning, this is not a bad way to go about it. The reason being because gobblers are most active usually, um, you know, right at daybreak. You know, early in the mornings when they're the most active as the morning tapered on. And I say active, I mean in terms of gobbling so you can figure out where they are. So this can work. You get close to a gobbler. You strike up a call. They respond. Now you're in business. The fourth one is what I call active recon. This is maybe the most strategic. Uh, it's not the most difficult, but it maybe requires the most discipline and, and the most um, just strategy. So what you're going to do for active recon is you're going to get there early, too early, and you're going to find yourself a listening post. Somewhere with some altitude that you can hear, you know, for a distance across multiple ridges, just a good high ground position. And you're going to get there and you're going to catch your breath and you're going to listen. And you're going to wait until daybreak and you're going to listen for where the gobblers sound off. Most gobblers, before they leave the roost, are going to gobble at least once. Not always, but... The majority of the time, a gobbler's gonna, he's gonna sound off a gobble from the roost or right after he lands or both. So you're gonna find yourself a good listening post. Now, some people say you need to, you need to blow some kind of a call to get the gobblers to answer. You need to do a crow call or an owl call or something like that. We'll talk more about that in the future. Uh, the short answer is maybe. Sometimes it may help. Sometimes you don't need to. Sometimes it could hurt you. So that's really situation specific, and we're going to talk about that down the road. But um, there's no right or wrong answer to that. It just, you got to read your situation and the area. But you're going to get to your listening post and you're going to listen. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. 
knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. And what you essentially you're listening for is the closest gobbler that is in a favorable area. So you may hear a gobble, you know, four or five hundred yards out in the distance from the tree. Uh, you, you got a decision to make then. Do you want to move in closer to that area or are you going to wait for maybe a closer one? So you, you're, you're sort of playing the odds. You know, how close do you think one might be to where you are? Um, the louder it is, the closer it is. You'll get better at uh, judging distance the more you do this. But at the end of the day, you're going to wait for a gobble that is in an area that's close enough that you think that you can get there and that has some, uh, some cover and somewhere you can set up. So you're going to listen for that gobble. Oftentimes, you might get multiple gobbles. You're going to make your decision, you know, if, if you just hear one, well, it's an easy decision. If you hear five, you've got decisions to make, right? You've got choices. So then you're going to leave that spot from your listening post. And the idea is to try to figure out what direction that bird is going to go. Um, and you're going to move from there and you're going to try to get in front of wherever you think that bird is going to go or just get closer to that area. Uh, when that bird comes off of the tree, it's very likely he's going to gobble after he hits the ground. And that's going to let you know what direction he's moving from coming down off of the tree. And the, your goal is to get in front of him. Uh, depending on what state you hunt in, you may or may not be able to stalk turkey sounds. Um, in Pennsylvania, you cannot stalk gobbles. You can't just listen for a gobbler and try to sneak up on him and shoot him. That, that's not legal. Too many people uh, can get killed doing that because sometimes hunters gobble in the woods in the spring to try to entice other gobblers. Not a recommended strategy unless you're on land that you know there's no other hunters. But regardless, you're going to listen for that gobble. You're going to try to figure out what direction he's do moving, and then you're going to try to get ahead of him. You're going to try to cover ground fast and quietly, which of course is not easy. But you're trying to get in front of him, and you're going to find a good place to set up, and then you're going to call and try to bring him into you. Obviously, if you can get into an area that he's on the move towards, and you call and he's already walking to you, that just gives you all the better opportunity. Uh, I guess there's really a fifth type. Um, this really falls under the category of the scout and sit, but that's essentially trying to camp a bird on the roost. So you scout them. You see where they roost, where they fly up in the evening, and you try to get right in there um, within maybe 100 or 150 yards of where that bird's roosting, and then call him down from the roost to you. But I'm going to lump that under the scout and sit method, right? So four methods, and they are um, the blind sit, the scout and sit, running and gunning, and then active recon. And your situation, your area, your opportunity, the, the how much land you have to hunt, how much hunting pressure there is, 
how much time you have to do recon or to do scouting preseason is going to determine what you can do. Uh, usually I try to go out at least once before the season in the area that I plan to hunt and do some scouting. Is there turkey sign? Does it look like there's turkeys in the area? Can I find any droppings? Can I find any feathers? And we'll do an entire episode on scouting in the future. Um, but I'm going to try to figure out at least, if nothing else, are there turkeys around? Because if there's no turkeys, you're not going to call turkeys in. You know what I'm saying? But if you can at least tell, yes, there are turkeys here, you're that much further ahead. Uh, and then based on the property that I'm hunting, um, I'm either going to do active recon or I'm going to do a scout and sit or uh, I've got very few places that I hunt where you could really do running and gunning the way it should be done, uh, the way it would be most effective. But that may be my favorite way to hunt. I just don't have opportunity to hunt like that very often because of the properties that are around me and where I can go easily and what kind of quantities of land that I have. So there you've got it, four strategies, four approaches for turkey hunting in the spring and just a little bit about each of them. We're going to talk a lot more about all these different points, like I said, uh, in depth down the road. Um, so give you guys more information about that. But these are, these are techniques anybody can do. You don't have to be advanced. Um, the, probably the most advanced technique is trying to roost the bird, find out where they fly up into the tree, and then getting close in the morning and try and call them down to you. That's the, probably the most difficult and advanced technique because you got to be out in the woods the night before. You got to really know where the turkeys are. That's not even always possible depending on the area that you're hunting in. Uh, and, and then you got to be really stealthy. You got to be really quiet. You got to really know what you're doing. And uh, I don't recommend that approach for beginners, period, just because of that. I think the more general approaches are better. Um, and what I would recommend to you probably... If you had to say, George, pick one of these that you think is the best one for a new hunter to try, I would say the scout and sit is probably the best thing for someone who's never done this before to do. Do your scouting, find an area where there's turkeys, find a good place that you can sit where you can lean up against a nice big tree, you've got some cover around you, and... Um, I'm just gonna go a little deeper here than I plan to and that you've got a limited field of view. Uh, a lot of people when they hunt, they like to be able to see as far as they possibly can in every direction so you know they can see game coming from a mile away. For turkey hunting especially, you don't wanna do that. You don't wanna be able to see any further than you can shoot. I'm just being honest with you. If you had the perfect scenario, the perfect situation, when you sit down and you call, the perfect scenario is you can't see any further than ideal shotgun range. You've got 35 yards um, semicircle around you, and that's the furthest you can see, which is also the furthest the turkey can see you. So then the, as soon as it bobs its head into vision or into the field of view, as soon as you're able to see it is the soonest he can see you and you have a better chance of getting a shot off without spooking him or him seeing you from 200 yards away and running away and you not even know not even knowing that he showed up. So that's just a little bit of technique. Like I said, we're going to get more into that. 
But I wanted to give you guys these four techniques. Go ahead to the website, newhuntersguide.com. Uh, leave us a review. Leave a comment on this episode. Ask us a question. We'd love to hear from you guys. We'd love to answer your questions in a future episode. Appreciate you. Thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you get all the episodes automatically. You can do that on iTunes. You can do that on Google Podcast, And you can subscribe via email on the website. So every week, we'll shoot the show right into your inbox. So appreciate you guys. God bless, and go get them in the woods. <laughs>